Welcome to The Realities of Race, a show that is dedicated to normalizing discussion around race and racism within our society by amplifying the voices of people of color. I'm your host, Abby Stoa. I'm also a Chinese American, and with that, have experienced and witnessed what it's like to be a racial minority in the U.S. My hope is with this podcast, people can use this as a tool to not only learn more about race, but learn how to be an ally to those of color. Each episode brings a new guest with a unique background and a fresh discussion or interview concerning topics in which race plays a role. So if any of this sounds interesting, make sure to stick around. Welcome to episode four of The Realities of Race. In this episode, I'm joined by Kumba Jalo, a student at Lakeville South High School, and this episode is more of an interview, uh, and in it, I ask her a lot about Black History Month, how she feels about how Black History and Black History Month are acknowledged and taught in schools, as well as how she feels about having the first VP of color. Um, but before we get to that, before we get to that, I want to talk a little bit about episode five. So episode five is going to be a Q&A, questions, answering questions you are too afraid to ask about race. So I don't know what your reaction is, but I hope you're somewhat interested. <laughs> I hope you're somewhat interested. Um, so basically the point of episode five in the Q&A is to break down the uncomfortability and complicatedness of race. I think a lot of people have a lot of questions about race, and I think it's actually more common to have questions about race than not. Um, I've never met a person who has had no questions about race. If you are that person, kudos to you. Um, good for you. But I think a lot of people have a lot of questions, and that's okay, right? Um, but it's about creating a space for that uncomfortability and complicatedness to be broken down so we can have a conversation about it. So what I'll need from you guys as the audience, if you could, if you have any questions about race, please, please, please send them in to me. I will put my Instagram handle down below. You could also text me, email me, whatever you want to do. Um, and no question is off the table. No question is uh, a dumb question, right? Like I'm a person of color and I still have a lot of questions. So it's okay to have questions. Um, so yeah, feel free to send me those. It should be really fun. It should be a little out of the box from my interview discussion-y type episodes. Um, but I'm hoping I'm hoping you guys are interested. So please send me those questions. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, your name is going to be anonymous. So we got that. And um, it'll be co-hosted. So we'll have a little bit of a back and forth conversation going. So yeah, please send in those questions. Uh, I cannot thank you enough. Uh, but yeah, without further ado, we still got episode four. So here is episode four of The Realities of Race. I'm joined now by Kumba Jalo, a student at Lakeville South High School. Kumba, thank you so much for being willing to be a guest on the podcast and being willing to talk about your experiences as a person of color. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. Yes, no problem. So I just really want to get to know you a little bit. So how do you identify racially and culturally? Well, I identify as Black, but my ethnicity is Gambian, as both of my parents were born in Gambia and immigrated to the United States. Okay. Wow. So can you talk a little more about what it's like being, um, 
like a, a child of immigrant parents? Um, it's definitely interesting. I feel like it has its pros and cons. So like the pros is just being immersed into like a different culture and like it affects like my outlook. And the con is just like a little bit of like clashing between like their culture and like American culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. So what has that all been like for you growing up where you are? I know we're both growing up in Lakeville and um, what what has that been like for you? I mean, my time in Lakeville hasn't been, you know, too bad. It's just kind of hard because I don't really know any other Gambians here. So I'm kind of on my own. Yeah, definitely. And how do you think that has impacted just like, I guess, mainly your education, seeing as kind of where we are, we both are in life. But how do you think that um, like your culture and your parents and your racial identity has affected um, like your experiences within like our education system? You know, I feel like I've had to work harder to kind of prove my spot here um, since there's not as many people of color as, you know, I would hope. Um, I feel like I've had to go through like extreme lengths to prove that I am where I belong to be. Yeah. And do you can you talk a little more of like where that pressure comes from to work extra hard because I feel like that's kind of throughout the people that I've talked to within this podcast that's kind of the theme of having to work harder and I feel like that all kind of comes from a different reason but it all has to do with race so for you why do you feel like you have to kind of work harder to earn your spot um well I know like when I'm in like groups some students just have like the impression that I don't know what's going on and Mm. I haven't really given them a reason to think that I didn't. So I feel like I would have to go through extreme lengths by like being more outgoing and like expressing my thoughts more bluntly, because if not, they just seem to disinclude me. Do you think that has been a theme throughout your whole educational career or would you notice it more within middle school and high school kind of when people are starting to be a little more exclusive um I think it all starts in like middle school and high school where like you know the classes get harder and there's like different placements like regular honors AP and yeah with the different like groups I feel like I've had to like prove that I belong in the honors class and the AP classes Mm. okay wow um so what do you think our schools or our society as a whole, either one, whichever you um, feel more comfortable talking about, need to do a better job of in regards to um, your race or just minorities in general. Like, what do you think our education system is missing when serving um, like students of color? Um, I feel like they should focus more on helping others like achieve like being able to be put in the honors program because I feel like there's not enough people of color in there. And I feel like if they were just given a little more help Mm -hmm. um, because of like their background that 
they can also be part of it. And then I don't like, I won't be alone. And I feel like they can just bring up morale and show them that, you know, you can achieve your dreams and be shown. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, um, do you think that educators within our district or across the board need more training within being more culturally responsive and culturally appropriate in the classroom? Do you think that is um, necessary or critical to to kind of building this district into what you think is best? Oh, for sure. Um, I think that, you know, I know a lot of teachers are trying and I think like as time goes on, they're getting better at it. It's just, I feel like some, some language can be like insensitive in a way, depending on like the audience. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Do you, it's okay if you don't, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but um, is there any, can you think of any specific language that was ever used in um, the classroom that you kind of look back at and think like, okay, that really was not appropriate. Um, I can't really think of like a specific word, like specific words, but I just know like in general, when they're talking about like slavery and stuff, they kind of don't show just how bad it was. Mm -hmm. They kind of like, oh yeah, they were forced to work and it was a lot more than just that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was talking um, with my sister just earlier today. And it was interesting. We were talking about just that, how um, like I think history about um, slavery and trade and all that, it's it's taught through like a white person's eyes of like they had to work really hard and they kind of portray it as almost like this like maybe more intense summer camp with like you know some punishing yeah (laughs) where it's like obviously not like that at all so um in your opinion like how how do you think black history is taught now and how do you think black history should be taught um right now I feel like it's at least getting presented so I can't (laughs) I can't like knock that I just think they need to like amplify that it was really like traumatic and that it still affects us to this day. And it's not something that we can just like get over. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And do you think teachers or students or just people in society, do you think they have the viewpoint of, well, it happened, you know, X amount of years ago, like, let's just forget about it or what kind of, I guess through your eyes, what kind of mindset do you think people have like when thinking about slavery? Um, I think they just have the mindset that, oh, it happened so long ago. We've come so far. Um, it doesn't really affect us anymore when that's really like not the case. Like generational trauma is very much a thing. Yeah, definitely. So in your eyes, do you think... Um, or not do you think, but um, can you talk a little bit more specifically about how you think Black history and the knowledge of slavery should be taught in the classroom or just like in general throughout society? Um, I think that I feel like they should talk 
in greater detail and yeah that might like be a little uncomfortable but you know every year we watch like the 9-11 towers come down we see people jumping out the windows which is Mm -hmm. very traumatic and I feel like the same thing with like black struggles should be presented because Mm -hmm. with that it'll carry more meaning and something that people remember yeah 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 definitely um so with that with talking about black history and slavery obviously now in february it is um black black history month right um Mm -hmm. and i was just wondering like what what does black history month mean to you as somebody who uh, who is black um i feel like black history month is kind of like a time where black people can express their blackness without like being like judged because I feel like it it makes people uncomfortable and I feel like this month we can really like showcase like the true beauty of like being black yeah definitely so do you or your family or your friends who are also black do you celebrate it in a certain way or how I guess obviously since I'm not um black I obviously don't um really take part in it as somebody (laughs) who is black um I'm definitely trying to learn more about it but um could you speak to a little bit about how you celebrate and how you embrace your identity um kind of in honor of black history month um well, I don't necessarily, like, you know, throw, like, a Black History Month, like, party, but, like, I usually, like, take this time to really, like, reflect on myself and, you know, do some more research about, like, my history and just learn more things that I feel like at school we don't necessarily, like, learn, so I feel like I do yeah. my own, like, outside research. Yeah. Um. Do you think now... Or, because I guess for me, and this is just purely me being uneducated, right? I didn't know a lot about Black History Month in since until probably the past couple years is when I was more aware of it. Um, but do you think that, and that was just obviously my own uneducated, uneducated self, right? Um, that's not everybody. But do you think people have been more... Um, accepting and receptive of Black History Month as time has progressed? Or do you think that people still, or some people kind of still look at it as um, like they don't really fully understand it? Um, I feel like nowadays it's more like known, but I know that like when I was a child, I didn't really hear much about Black History Month. I just know that like, oh, Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks, like, those are the only people that we really talked about. So they, we would talk about them, like, throughout the year and not, je- like, specifically Black History Month. So mm-hmm. I didn't really, like, know up until recently. Yeah, definitely. Do you think um, people ever, like, misinterpret the meaning of, like, what Black History Month stands for and is? Or do you think, obviously, like, not all people know what it is um but do you think people have had a better understanding of the meaning or do you still think um or do you think that we still kind of have a long way to go in 
having people really understand like why Black History Month is important and like why it should really be acknowledged? Um, or where do you think we're we're at with that? Um, I think we're kind of in like the middle right now, where like a lot more people acknowledge it and are receptive of it. But I feel like um I don't think not enough like people know how important it is like some people are like oh yeah black history month why isn't there a white history month or why isn't there this um Mm -hmm. and I don't think they understand like the significance it is to like me yeah definitely um so I guess this kind of all goes back to like our education system in our district but what do you think it would look like in schools to have black history month truly acknowledged and celebrated within our school community um i think that if like the schools um stress more importance uh with black history month um i feel like it'll become like more normalized and not seen as something that doesn't need to happen because I feel like some people believe that we don't really need it. Mm-hmm. And I think if the schools like stress the importance of it, um, more people like will perceive it as important. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what would you say to somebody who says, who, who would argue that black history month is not that important or it's like, obviously like some people are extreme um, just like don't, really understand why it's even a thing which I think is awful but um what would you say to somebody who kind of argues against that being integrated within our school system or just being talked about within our society in general well I feel like a month isn't really like enough to uh to like Mm -hmm. discuss black history so I feel like we're really like asking for like the bare minimum like hey can you just see us for a month and take one month to learn a little bit more than you already know Mm -hmm. yeah definitely definitely um yeah thank you so much kumba for sharing i know this is kind of a weird transition but i guess i just don't really know how else to transition (laughs) but um i also wanted to talk to you um or ask you a little bit about um like our current events with um obviously biden being inaugurated and kamala harris becoming um, the first, not only female VP, but person of color, um, which yeah. is historic and crazy that it's 2021 and this is the first time we've had a female <laughs> vice president. But anyway, um, how how did it feel to you um, when Kamala and Joe Biden were voted in to the office? I feel like um, at, like people of color, especially just like we're so overjoyed. Um, yeah. I guess I shouldn't speak for all people of color, but I would say the majority of people of color um, were very, very excited. So how how did that feel? Uh, how did that all feel to you? Um, it honestly just felt like a new chapter because I feel like these past few years have been rough. Um, I feel like a lot of people um, have kind of been insensitive about race these past few years. And with, you know, a person of color being part of, like, like she's the vice president. And mm-hmm. I just feel like it shows that, you know, for so long, we haven't 
had like major roles and I feel like now like it's shown mm-hmm. throughout America that you know people of color can have like big impacts in this country <laughs> yes yes definitely definitely and I feel like too on top of that like for me and I don't know if you felt this but like right now I'm only what like 17 almost 18 but I remember being like really young and like my parents saying like you can like do anything you can be anything and then I'd be like yeah I can and then I would like look at all these different leaders and they were all just like white males Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I would think like can I though? Because like, I, I'm not seeing anyone else. Um, and then I feel like Kamala, especially her coming in as like, gosh, like now I know it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you kind of felt that or. I felt that. Yeah. It's because like so long we've been told like, oh yeah, you can achieve anything you want to achieve. And then we haven't really like seen it happen, mm-hmm, but yeah. now like we've seen it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. When when she was elected, I was like, dang, maybe I should run for VP one day. Yes, I was just I was just like so so inspired. Um yeah, and then I also just wanted to talk to you about Amanda Gorman's speech. She mm-hmm. I okay, to be honest, I had not heard of her before. Um and I'm yeah. sad to say I hadn't. I don't know if you had or not, but I had um, not. Okay, yeah, when I heard her speech it was like oh my goodness um like where where did this woman come from and why hasn't she been speaking in front of America for longer um right but yeah I mean what like what was your reaction to her speech as a person of color and somebody who's black because she was the youngest I know right like one of the youngest and Mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong was she the first black female who was also black who gave the inauguration speech or am I making that up you know I really don't know <laughs> but, <laughs> no, you're good. but it, either way it was obviously very significant um yeah so what yeah like I, I just want to know like what your thoughts were on all of that and like what you were feeling and what her giving that speech meant to you um her giving that speech uh, really, like, hit me, like, deeply, I guess. Because, you know, it was nice to see someone who looked like me, um, like, doing such a big thing in front of the country. And, like, her poem itself really, like, represented what I thought was happening because of this election. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? I'm pulling up her speech right now and I should have done this before we started recording but um there's this one well the whole thing I think was phenomenal um yeah but I think it was her last line um and I just I just want to know what what this line means to you and how you interpret it um she said for there's always a light if only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. And I think that when I heard that, it was like, whoa, like, it, you know, it just kind of yeah. hit me. Um, and I, I was kind of speechless when I heard it, honestly. Um, but what, what, do, what does that last sentence mean to you? Um, I feel like she's trying to say that um, 
this like presidency, like this election is like the light at the end of the tunnel because at the beginning she like referenced darkness and you know in regards to like the past few years with all of like the violence with on people of color and I feel like with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris being in office um, we have like a chance to you know fix things and try to make it better (laughs) now with you know, a person of color as vice president, um, we can, like, make things, like, change for all people of color and make, like, their experience in the United States better. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kumba, um, for being on. As always, um, before every guest leaves, I just have them answer um, this one question which is what advice would you give to someone who is looking to be a better ally? Um, And this could be in the context of your race specifically of people in color, people of color in general, Um, really anything, anything, (laughs) anything you want. Um, So yeah. What advice would you give? Um, Some advice that I would give is that they like people who want to be allies, should acknowledge people's differences in races and not like say like oh I'm colorblind I don't see color like I feel like it's okay to acknowledge color and still realize that you know we're all the same mm-hmm. instead of just like trying to ignore like the aspects of ourselves that makes us unique yeah definitely Definitely. Couldn't agree more. Well, thank you so much, Kumba, uh, for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And best of luck with um, next year going to St. Thomas. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you'll do. I'm sure you'll do great. Thank you. And that was episode four of The Realities of Race. A big thanks to Kumba for joining me and a big thanks to you for listening. Uh, And if you enjoyed this one, feel free to ask a question for the next one or listen to the next one. Um, Again, no question is off the table. Every single question is valid. Uh, And every single person's name will remain anonymous. Um, So, yeah, and that'll be fun, too, because I'm going to try to get get that episode co-hosted as well. Um, So there'll be a little conversation in there. Um, So, yeah, that's all I got. Thank you for listening. Keep rocking it like you probably are. I'll see you next time.